It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got a cold Wednesday afternoon here. This is Prep Rally, the podcast, and I'm the host, Chip Souza. I'm joined by Henry Apple to my left, and in batting in the three-hole today, got Rick Fires over there playing left out, maybe right field. Well, my I got a ring. I think it stands for RF, which is my name. Also stands for right field. There you go. Batting ninth. Barely inside the foul Barely line. Barely inside. Barely inside the foul line, but still one of the nine. So we are joined today by the newest Farmington yes. Cardinal. Yes. He is back home. Welcome back, Coach. Welcome back home, J.R. Elders. Welcome back to Northwest Arkansas. Coach, how are you doing on this Wednesday? I'm doing excellent, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on today. You betcha. You betcha. So, Coach Eldridge has been named the new coach at Farmington. That was uh, – had the story about that a couple weeks ago. But yesterday – I'm sorry, Monday was formally – you know, you have to do things with a formality. Yeah. A little formal – they had school board meeting going on and talking about complicated stuff. Who and cares about that? I know. I said, get man, let's get stuff. on to the football coach. Get to the real stuff. Now, what I noticed, <laughs> uh, Coach Eldridge, is you clean up pretty well. You clean up, You wore a suit, cleaned up pretty well for that. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I uh, I don't really uh, read GQ magazine, but uh, <laughs> and, I, and I don't look at that stuff, but I just try to look in the mirror and say, okay, I guess I'm uh, I'm presentable tonight. Now, Coach, be real. You know the wife laid out the suit and everything. We know that, Coach. You <laughs> go ahead and be real with us here. I tell, I tell she people, did. I tell people my clothes hadn't matched since I outgrew Garanimals. So if I didn't have my wife to lay out my clothes for me, who knows? It, if I look bad now, you can imagine what it would be like if it weren't for her. Well, he had the red tie, cardinal tie and everything. I saw so that. He, he was set. She I did a good job on him. There you go. There you go. So, Coach Eldridge here at Farmington. So, Coach, my f- first question to you is – how good does it feel back feel for you to be back home? I'm really excited. Uh, you know, we're uh, we're going to be in the process of moving uh, as we move forward. My my uh, my wife and and family are going to uh, finish out the school year here in North Little Rock, and uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be working up there. And um, and then once uh, once school's out, they'll be able to move up move up with me and. Uh, I'm so excited about being up in Northwest Arkansas again. Uh, thankful for my time in Southwest Arkansas. Thankful for my time in Central Arkansas. But uh, really excited about what's going on at Farmington High School and, and really in the Farmington Public School District in general. Jr. I'm gonna give you a little tip here. Bobby Wilson, over at Farmington, he is the best Cajun cook that I know. If he's got a okay. spare bedroom and you can you could if you could bunk in with the Wilsons, that would be the way to go. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd ha- I'd have a great home cooked meal every oh, night, huh? I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Now, you'd coach, I'm gonna tell, but you'd have to buy another suit by the time uh, summer got here. You you'd, you'd be outgrown the one year. <laughs> hey Jr. I saw. Um, uh, first of all, where's your wife from? And I saw you had three little ones with you. And uh, can you talk about their ages? And are they ballers like you were? Uh, so, so my wife's from Donaldson, Arkansas, which is right outside of Arkadelphia. She went to Washita High School, okay. Which uh, they they don't even have a football team. And then she uh, Hendrix did not have a football team when she went to college there. We met in master's classes while I was a GA at Washita Baptist University. She had no clue what two days were, so. Once we got married, she was like, what are two-a-days and why are you not at home? (laughs) 
um, but uh, but yeah, I've got a great wife. She's unbelievable. She loves football, loves uh, everything about it. Um, and then I've got three sons. Uh, I've got a 14-year-old son named Jack, uh, a 12-year-old son named Max, and a six-year-old son named Trip. Wow. So, uh, so are they ballers like me? Uh, you know, uh, they're, uh, I think they're going to be pretty athletic. They, they try to get after it and whatever they do. And, and, uh, and so I'm excited about seeing them develop, uh, as young men and, and seeing them, seeing them get after it on the, on the field too. Now coach, one thing Rick and I were talking about this while ago, um, is that you, you know, you were not the biggest guy on the field, um, when you were at Fayetteville, but there was never any doubt who the meanest guy on the field was when you brought the pain every snap. And it's that kind of mentality, I think, that uh, that I've always heard that, that teams take on the personality of their coach. And I know by the way you played that you were all out and uh, it didn't matter to you that you might have been outweighed a little bit by, you know, a, a Kaneko Logan at Northside or whatever. You always put your nose in there. Well, I, t- I tell you what, I, that's how I was taught to play football from a very young age. You know, I had great coaches uh, coming up, uh, Ramey Junior High School, Coach Wendell Harris, Coach Rick Davies. Yes. Uh, yep. And then, uh, you know, Dick Johnson, of course, Mike Adams. And, yes. and our defense coordinator at Fable High School was Paul Neese. And, uh, you know, I, I learned to play the football, that, that football was a violent game. Uh, and so I, w- I wanted to play the game violently. Uh, and I want our football team to, to play the game violently, and that's that's the way we're going to practice, and that's the way we're going to play, and and uh, and so hopefully uh, we'll be able to get that uh, that violence out there on Friday nights. Hey, and for people who don't know, hopefully you read our article or saw the introduction online. I guess they streamlined the uh, conversation. But I'm looking at your stuff: back-to-back state championships at Arkadelphia, overall record. Hell, I don't have my glass. 93 and 36, and including in the playoffs, which, you know, there's some tough teams in playoffs, 22 and 8. So this guy uh, knows how to win a program, how to build it. Not that our, you know, when, when John Outlaw was there, they were very, very good. Maybe they were down a little bit. Shep Camber told me they were down, and then he came in there and turned around. And I understand you met with your prospective players from seventh grade all the way up to the senior. Uh, seniors for next year can you talk a little bit about how that went and what you stressed to them yeah it was uh it was awesome you know i was able to meet with uh all the way from our seventh graders to our 12th graders uh, you know in their their athletics periods and really what i wanted to do is kind of give them a big picture and and kind of lay a foundation for them what our football program is going to be built upon uh and and none of that stuff has to do with with offense defense special team strength and conditioning um it's it's really more based on a mindset um and so we talked about uh you know the the two reasons why we show up every day at a field house to uh, to uh, to play football. There's two reasons in our program, and then we have six core values that we'll believe in, and and uh, and we want to represent Farmington well. And I feel like these six core values, uh, if anybody um, is able to just kind of live their life like that, um, if, if somebody looked at one of our football players just on the street and and how they 
uh, how they were. They could look at him and, and be proud of the fact that he is Farmington football. He represents Farmington football. And, and that's what we really wanted to – I wanted to give our guys a big-picture vision. I feel like, you know, uh, when I was able to speak to those guys, they had a great, a great attention span. Uh, it took about 15 minutes with each group um and uh felt like they were locked in and engaged and i look forward to to trying to make the rubber meet the road uh so to speak with with those um with our core values and uh, and and the reason why we show up every day but jr what are those uh six cores value because i'm hoping i got at least one of them i got my list yeah. right here yeah uh, rick i'm thinking you don't have any I'm, uh, go ahead go ahead coach break <laughs> his heart go ahead so so we want to have respect for everybody who we come in contact with. So respect. Uh, we want to be committed to everything that we do. We want to believe in believe in ourselves. We want to believe in each other. And we want to believe in our coaches. Uh, and then vicious, violent, and relentless are the last three. And so that's, means we're, that's what that VVR – okay. okay, all right, that's – okay. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah. I was wondering so, what that so, Vicious, we've defined vicious as uh, attacking our responsibilities – uh, violence to us means that we're going to do it with excessive force, and then relentless means we're going to do it over and over and over again without without getting bored with it. In other words, for us, hard hard to understand uh, kids in the back of the room, we ain't quitting. <laughs> we ain't quitting. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, Jr., what was it that attracted you to Farmington? I mean, a lot you know, people might would look at this. People on the outside, people not really versed with what's going on, but they would see a JR who had climbed to the pinnacle and gone, you know, gone to 7A as a coach there, a successful one. Coming back to 5A, some people would view that as, well, he's taking a step back. I got a feeling you don't look at it that way. Absolutely not. You know, I, I think that uh, I think that just the opportunity at Farmington is, uh, is enormous. I think the upside – uh, to Farmington is huge. Uh, all the things that are going on in the school district. And, you know, first and foremost, it has to do with people. Uh, you know, talking to uh, John LaFoon, who's the superintendent there at, at uh, Farmington, and then talking to Bo Thompson, who's yeah. the athletic director there. You know, I think that that starts at the top. You know, I feel like those those two men are great character men and, and uh, you know, to be able to surround myself with great uh, character men and, and be a part of learning from them. Uh, I think that's number one. Uh, and then also just being able to meet the, uh, the administration, Joe McClung, uh, Tracy Sutton, John Purifoy, all of those those administrators there that that I was able to meet, um, you know, when I was on my interview, just seemed like outstanding people. And then the next thing is 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 where we go to work every day. Uh, you know, it's an outstanding facility there at Farmington, and and I want to teach our players not to take that for granted, uh, and to to make sure that they show up with a, a work ethic that matches those facilities. Uh, so you know, people, facilities, area, just, and then just the community. Uh, I mean, I, I was just, uh, my wife and I both were just so thankful for the welcome that we got there. I mean, they really do it right at Farmington and we're so thankful to, to, to now be a part of that community. We're just looking forward to it. Absolutely. Hey, Jr. I, I kind of asked you this the other day, but I, I want the audience to hear this and that I guess when you was in high school, 
if you went west of Fayetteville High School, you'd run in out that way, maybe goats and cattle and maybe <laughs> some deer and everything. What was your reaction? You know, you've been gone a long time. I don't know how often you've been up here. What was your, your reaction when you come to Farmington and saw all that building and all those facilities they're doing over there? Yeah, it was uh, just amazing, really. I mean, um, you know, I never – when I come back to, to Fayetteville um, – which was was not very frequently um, since I went to college. I, you know, I I would never venture out into Farmington. I mean, um, and so once I started driving out there, it's just amazing the development, the growth, um, and just everything that's going on. Um, you know, building building houses and yeah. uh, just the development has been. Uh, Man, it's outstanding. You can't you can't drive ten feet in any direction without running into a new house and, and yes. new subdivision and and that kind of thing in Farmington. There, I mean, they're just building like crazy. And I know Jr. You're looking at every empty house point, going, boy, there could be a player in that house. There could be a player in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Two that's players that's exactly house. right. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, again, I just think the potential is is so high there. Well, we have. Uh, you know, we've, we've looked at, you know, been around a lot of coaches. And, and, and uh, you know, of course, we also need to make sure Mike Adams gets his props because he did bring Farmington from 4A into 5A. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what a great guy to have made, you know, kind JR of laid that, for him. Absolutely, laid that foundation there at Farmington for this. Um, but we've talked about this coach at Farmington. Um, is on, on the brink. We think they're on the brink of something special there. And, uh, you know, bringing you in, um, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, is probably going to carry that into uh, fruition. Yes, sir. And uh, Coach Adams, you know, I've got a just a high, high amount of respect for what what he's done in his career, what he did at Farmington, uh, what he did at Charleston, what he did at Fayetteville. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, just an outstanding man. Yes, sir. First and then also an outstanding coach. You know, I'm very thankful to be uh, especially following somebody who I know and and who I really, really respect there at Farmington. Good deal. Uh, J.R., uh Question I've got, about this time last year, you're settling in as the North Little Rock head coach, uh, getting ready to establish yourself in that program. Then all of a sudden, coronavirus hits. You're not able to have a spring workout. But what did you learn in that one-year period there at North Little Rock that you said, hey, I've got to bring this to Farmington? Yeah, uh, so, well, first of all, at North Little Rock, it it was extremely tough uh, here's the first thing I learned when I got to North Little Rock is that I, I've got to find a way to build relationships with these players uh, right now. You know, school was already out. We, um, you know, I, I did not have the opportunity to, to see them on a daily basis. Uh, I think my first, my first day on the job was April 1, and I did not – have a team meeting until June one, wow. and it was a sp- it was wow. a spread out team meeting. So, I had to figure out ways to you know I drove around North Little Rock uh, a lot, got all their cell phone numbers, uh, contacted them on the phone, made sure I knew every name and tried to know every face generally before they showed up for June one, so that I could so that we could hit the ground running together. I feel like that made a real difference 
in us being able to move forward in June. Uh, so it took a lot of legwork on my part uh, after I got that job just to be able to to feel like we were actually starting uh, starting something in June without having to go through all of that. Wow, you know, you don't you don't think about that. You forget. Um, that these coaches didn't get to go through a spring. They didn't nope. get to implement. Now, for a coach like like a Buck James over at Bryant, who was had been there for a while, yep. you know, losing a spring for Coach James, nobody wants to lose a spring in summer, but at least he had been there for a while and the players knew what to expect, that kind of thing. For a new coach, and Coach Eldridge is a prime example here, and he's not the only one. There's other coaches that were new to their school. To not get to go through a spring, to not get to go through any team camp, not get to go through any seven-on-seven in the summer, and then even the few things they got to do, it was like, okay, you five guys over here and 20 yards away, you five guys, and 20 yards away, you five guys. Mm -hmm. Coach, I don't know how you even made it through the season. Uh, You know, it, it, it. to me, completing the 2020 season is nothing short of amazing for all of you coaches. Well, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with our, uh, you know, the rest of our coaching staff at North Little Rock, but then also also our players. I feel like our players just did an outstanding job of really trying to soak in. Uh, you know, we had so many Zoom meetings uh, and you know, we were at 90% attendance. I mean, we averaged around 90% attendance on Zoom meetings. And you, you think about all the issues that go with Zoom meetings, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's technical issues, whatever, people not having uh, service, all of that yeah. stuff, coach, uh, coach, 90% coach. attendance and Coach yes. Rick, Rick can't even spell Zoom. Uh, so <laughs> hey, hey, when we try to get, we can't even get three three of us on it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean that's that's it. I mean it's it's such a it was such a, a tough deal, and I feel like our coaches did a great job of of keeping our players accountable, but also our players just being able to buy into that same foundation that I'm trying to lay right now in Farmington with our players. Uh, you know, um, they did a great job of being able to listen to those things and really try to apply them once once we got going. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, Coach, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here real quickly. I know you got some some things to work on, and uh, you know, again, congratulations to you. Congratulations to Farm Farmington yes. on a on a Grand Slam hire here. Yep. Uh, we're excited to have you. Uh, at Farmington, but Coach, we're more excited to have your family here back in Northwest Arkansas, and I know that you will uh, you will have a definite positive impact on those kids that uh, that will have the uh, the privilege to play for you uh, in that red and black and white over there of the Farmington Cardinals. Hey, I'm so excited, Chip. Thanks, thanks again so much for having me on today. You betcha. So that was Coach J.R. Eldridge, the new coach at Farmington, who was introduced football coach introduced on Monday. He will get to work at Farmington, Henry. Coming into 5A, and I coach know, the coach Eldridge knows this, coming into 5A, we all know it starts with Pulaski Academy, and, you know, it goes from there. So, that you know, no, no easy ground to cover there in 5A. But if there is a guy in this state who is ready to take on Kevin Kelly in PA, it is J.R. Eldridge. Coach, you know why, Rick? J.R. Eldridge. He ain't scared. He ain't scared. He ain't scared. He ain't scared. So, congratulations to Farmington on a big hire there. And, uh, we are going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit of basketball, a little bit about wrestling, and who knows what else Rick Fires may talk about over there. we got to keep him under control. So we'll be right back with Prep Rally, the podcast. 
And now back to the Prep Rally Podcast with Chip Souza. And we are back for round two. What a great interview with J.R. Eldridge, Ricky. I know Farmington is absolutely ecstatic with that hire. Hey, I tell you, uh, you know, he, he's got things to do. We just asshole, we just kind of hang out right here. But I'd like to give him some advice if he checks this out. When you start moving, invite 28 people and hope three show up. There you go. And don't serve in the beer and pizza to after the work after, is done. After. I've made that mistake. After. You were the guy who was eating the pizza and beer and never came back and helped move anything. No, I was hosting. They're supposed to be helping oh, me. Oh, I got you. I got you. They're okay. all over there passed out. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Henry, you got a chance to see a little history made on Tuesday night over at uh, at uh, Centerton at uh, Bentonville West. Oh, we was at Tiger Arena. Oh, Tiger Arena. Night. I'm sorry. Uh, over at Tiger Arena. Miriam Dowda is now, <laughs> no surprise, she is the all-time scoring leader at Bentonville. And she did it in a way that a lot of people don't give her a lot of credit for, but she's capable of on a three-pointer. Yeah, you think of her at six foot six, you know, if if I was a coach and six foot six and all these other girls at five foot ten and all, you're getting near the basket and you don't move. Yep. Get, we'll get you the ball and you just shoot. But uh, she actually got it on a three pointer. And the interesting story about all this is I got to thinking about this Monday night, and all of a sudden I texted assistant coach Ray Mayer and I said, "Hey, have you got Miriam's season stats available?" For this year, and of course, he sent them to me, and I started to look at it, and I said, oh, my goodness, she's just 14 points away. From and so, record, so yeah. we, we knew it, it was coming yeah. Tuesday night, yeah. and uh, and then we held it back. She didn't even know. Wow. Okay. We And Tom Hallmark did not tell her and said, I'm not going to. I don't want to put the pressure on her. So she was just sitting there playing that normal game, she hits the three-pointer, and then she finds out once she goes down the court, they announce it, and they call it a timeout. Oh. And then cool. afterwards, we're gathered up in the office, and we called her in, and she, the first word she looked at all of us and says, why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you what, Henry, you take a look at her game and how and Mer- Miriam's game and, and how it's evolved and, and since she was a sophomore to where she is now where she's added a perimeter game. She takes the rebound on the defensive end and dribbles it up the floor a lot, you know, as well. Uh, you, Her and Jersey Wolfenbarger, another 6'5"-ish type player at Northside who runs the show and plays point. Boy, girls' basketball, it's not the same. This, this is not your granddaddy's girls' basketball to see players this tall to be able to play like that. It, it's revolutionary. It, it's just amazing to see this, and, and not only just – we see it national wide, but now it's here in Arkansas. You know, it used to be, uh, oh, Wendy Schultons would show up, and then maybe it would be 10, 15 years before someone like that would show up again, but not anymore. They're coming. Hey, Henry, you're kind of our historian. I'm old, but I can't remember things. But I was watching a very good game last night between Springdale Harbor and Fayetteville. These girls going up and down, uh, shooting uh, three-pointers, reverse layups. And I remember there used to be a debate back in when was it they went from six-on-six basketball to full court. Because I remember uh, some of the coaches didn't want to do it, and a lot of people said, ah, them girls can't play full-court basketball. Charles Berry, he won a game or two at Huntsville. 
He said it was going to ruin girls' basketball. That's what he oh. said at, at first. 79, well, 79, Charlie, right, Henry? 78, yeah, so, 79. Somewhere in that category. Yeah. I remember going to uh, school and going to go watch basketball games, and I remember seeing the yeah, old my six sister on played six. That. Well, I was, a, I was a senior or junior in high school when they made the change in Texas, and I think it was nationwide. It wasn't just there. But so what the girls' basketball coach is, is he got some of us scrub – Boy basketball players, you know, the ones – I was a 20-20 guy, by the way, in high school. Do y'all know that? Well, if we were up by 20 or down by 20, I got to play. So I was a 20-20 guy. <laughs> okay. Double-double guy, actually. Yeah, there, there uh, you yeah. go. Uh, so anyway, he got us in the summer to come practice with the girls to get them used to going up and down the floor like that, uh, full, mm-hmm. you know, full court. And so it helped them. And I tell people this. My, the class that graduated my girls in my grade, graduated 1980 with me, they they beat the hell out of us boys. <laughs> I mean, regularly. And so people would come. I was telling one of my classmates this just this week. People would come and pack the stands to watch the girls play. As soon as their game was over, they left. We we, we played in front of parents. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, and I don't blame them. They stayed for the the girls were the real MVPs. There's no doubt about that. But that boggles the mind now. Has how could you be? I mean, I love meet some Charles Berry right there. But I remember they a lot of people didn't think. Uh, they could get up and down, and, and I remember the early games. I said, "Well, them girls, they could, they'd stumble and they wouldn't." But now they stop and pop. They do the reverse. Their game's uh, just evolved. Their, their it's game really evolved. has evolved tremendously. It's, it's a pure game, and uh, I don't know. I'm sure the tickets are all gone. I'm sure you can't get a ticket to tomorrow night's UConn game at Arkansas. But oh, if wow. you had a chance to go see um, that that game or watch it on TV, what you see, Rick, the women's game is the pure game. Yeah, it's it's. It's fundamental. It's it's pick and pop. It's pick and roll. It's 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 the way the game should be. They're not they're not shoving each other around. They're not committing intentional fouls. They're not doing the kind of stuff like that that the men evolved into thanks to your thug Detroit Pistons over there yeah. that I know you like. Uh, and and so, clearing out, everybody clears out and let one guy dribble. No, it's not that way. No, the women's game is pure. If you like the game of basketball. If yeah. you are a basketball fan, yes. women's basketball at that level should be something that you would want to watch because it is the way the game should be played. Absolutely. And I'm and looking forward to that uh, UConn. Exactly. And so what we're seeing, we're seeing it now. It's It's been in the college game since, you know, my girl, you know, Cheryl Miller at USC yeah. and Candace Parker and those players helped help push the game along. Now you're seeing that at the high school level, thanks a lot to AAU basketball, where these girls are getting to play and, 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 and really develop their game. And you're right, Henry. Back in the day, we would have taken a Miriam Dowda, placed her back to the basket and said, you stay there, we're going to yep. get you the ball. Jersey Wolfenbarker would have been the same thing. A, t- a real tall girl like that would have been, okay, you're not supposed to dribble. We're going to let the five-foot-one girl dribble the ball up the floor, and you just get down there and plant yourself in the post. We're gonna... No. So these girls have really evolved the game. And, and you know, seeing a girl that's 6'1", 5'11", 6'2", bringing the ball up the floor and, and facilitating the other players, yep. what a tremendous difference that has made in girls' basketball. And not to mention – this is the first year where the Class 6A schools are using the 35-second yes, shot clock. Yes, sir. And you're seeing these offenses well, start Well, Rick, what did up. you say last – what was what was last night's game? What was it? Um, it was 77-65. 77-65. Listen, I remember when, when Marty Barnes coached at Rogers, they'd play three games and not score 77 combined <laughs> in three yeah. games, you know, because that's how he coached that group of kids. I'm not saying it's the bad thing or a good thing because they – 
obviously he had success with. But I do love 77-69 or whatever. I love that. I love games like that. Oh, I, I was typing up that game right here, and I was glancing at the boys' game. It was like 23-18. 32, it's 31. Like, it's like I just said. The real MVPs are the girls. Yeah. Get off. The, you know, hurry up, hurry up, and uh, let, let's go to the girls' game. And as soon as it's over, we still got time to go to Freddy's and get us a a, a frozen custard yeah, and, and, a, and a double cheeseburger. Yes, sir. Yeah. Unless you were last night at Bentonville, Bentonville West last night, there was a great crowd over there. You know, it, despite even COVID, the student sections came. It was a little vocal last night. That's and, great. And the boys' game was. That's great. Good and worth watching. So, uh, just real quickly on the basketball, in the 6A West, it's Bentonville, Bentonville on the top. Bentonville boys, 7-0. and Bentonville girls are 5-0. and They've lost a couple of games uh, that are, can't be made up due to COVID situations and, and against with their opponents and things like that. So, they're a couple of games behind. Doesn't matter. They're going to have a conference tournament at the end of the season anyway. But Bentonville boys are 7-0, and now have a two-game lead in the conference race over a now-tied Fayetteville in Harbor um, in second place on the girls' side, Bentonville girls five and zero got Fayetteville one game back, and now Harbor's lost two in a row. They've Fayette lost was to coming Roger. on. Fayetteville's coming on like we knew they would. Caroline yes. Lyles had a Big she time. continues 20, to get yes. get healthy after that knee injury in the off season. Um, Claudia Claudia Bridges thirty one points last night. Winter Winter Beck and yes. so Fayetteville uh, should be you know should be right there at you know with them. How about Rogers Heritage getting a big win last night, Henry? against Rogers. What a big win for Heritage. That's interesting because now um, you had last week, you had a Rogers team get embarrassed by Bentonville. Yep. Then all of a sudden, well, they rose to the occasion and then won Friday night. Against Harbor. Against Harbor. And then all of a sudden, now they get nipped by Heritage. Yep. And you're, and this is where you're going to see because of, hey, uh, because of a conference tournament, now you're jockeying for seeing exactly. another place to play. You exactly. Know? And, you know, I know they're going to have a conference tournament. I know that's going to determine seedings. But but you want to finish high in the conference regular season so that in the conference tournament you don't get stuck against a, you know, a, a, a team, you know, like a, you know. Rogers girls. Exactly. Or, or a heritage, which proved last night yeah. they're capable. And I'm going to tell you, Bentonville West is capable. They're capable. So, you know, you want to try to avoid that in the early rounds, if at all possible, because two teams in this conference tournament on the boys' side and the girls' side are not going to make the state tournament. And you don't want to be the one to draw that, that uh, trap game or that, that, uh, that game is going to knock you out in an upset, uh, you know, early. So, you know, winning, it still goes back. You know what? Winning's important, Rick. It's winning. important. Yeah. <laughs> it's why you play the game. It's why you play the game. So we had that going on. Also, uh, had a little wrestling going on last weekend over at Bentonville, and the Fayetteville girls won the team title in the 6A West wrestling uh, competition. Bentonville boys, no surprise, won the boys' side of it. Um, Wrestling's taking a big hit this year because of COVID-19, to no surprise. It's the the most contact sport that we play. Um, So they're not going to have a dual state meet this year. Now teams will begin focusing for the state meet, which will be held February 18th, 19th, and 20th in Little Rock, and that will end the wrestling season. The fact that they got to wrestle any at all is, is, is uh, nothing short of a miracle, uh, but, they, but they did. So congratulations to all those wrestlers who, who uh, have continued to get to have uh, maybe not the full season they 
you know, had hoped to have, but but they've gotten to have a season anyway, and it's going to go to the finish line. So, uh, congratulations there. And uh, just around the corner, Henry, we've got uh, 6A conference swim meet coming up uh, in a couple of weeks over at Bentonville, and then the state swim and dive meet uh, for the 6A also at Bentonville, the community center pool over there. Um, the lower classifications will be at some different places, but uh, that's coming up too. So winter sports um, are progressing, although many speed bumps, Rick. Many speed bumps. Yeah. But but uh, but they're but they're but they're soldiering on, and uh, and that's the thing, and uh, and the, you know trying to give these kids, uh, you know, the best they can do. Yeah. And mentioning small schools, uh, another little milestone last night I heard about. Uh, Rabbit guard Shiley Morrison hit her 1,500th yeah. career point against Berryville. Wow, 1,500. 1,500 points. That's something else. And also, Friday night, there are some big games in the smaller schools. There, Absolutely, there are. Uh, and particularly east of us. Yes. Over in Boone County, you have Pea Ridge against Harrison that'll, Girls. That'll be a big one. Uh, as old J.R. Ross tell you, that's a slobber knocker. That's a Come slobber knocker. I love that. That's a <laughs> and, slobber knocker. And, and also – at Valley Springs and Bergman Ooh, in the 3A1 yeah. conference. That's going to be interesting because uh, these two girls' teams have already played. Bergman won at home in overtime when they hit a shot to tie it at the end of regulation at the buzzer, and then they hit a three-point play with eight seconds left in overtime to win it. Wow. So, boys a big game too, right? Uh, the boys' game lost a little bit of luster because – uh, Valley Springs took it on the chin last night against Lincoln. So oh, now Bergman wow. has a two-game lead okay. in, the, in okay. the standings. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have plenty of that in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and uh, we will have it, uh, you know, digital edition. Uh, don't forget, if you're a subscriber, and we hope that you are, you get a lot more in the digital edition than you do in the printed edition. And if you're not catching it and seeing how hard these guys are working – I'm not looking at Rick, but I'm looking at Henry mainly. Uh, but mm -hmm. these guys are working to get you roundups from across our region. I believe uh, in Sunday's paper, Henry, I counted 35 basketball games in our roundup um, in Sunday's edition. I would not doubt it in the least. And uh, I, was, I was telling Rick we were going for 40 um, for Thursday's edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I don't know if we'll get there or not, but 40 was my goal um, to get 40 games in there. So, uh we're we're uh, we are trying to hit the ground as hard as we can and get you as much coverage as we can get you. Hey, if you're a little short, why don't we do that uh, that football team that didn't exist? We'll make up a few. Well, who is that? Village Academy? Yeah, yeah, let's let's say they played. Yeah, we'll make up a few. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for this week's edition of Prep Rally the podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back with you next week. Where who knows what we'll have to talk about, but I'm sure if Rick's here, we'll find something. We'll find something. We'll find something. So that's it. I'm Chip Souza, and uh, for Henry Apple and Rick Fires. Thanks for listening to Prep Rally, the podcast, and we'll catch you next time. The Prep Rally podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.